2: welcome to wood talk now here are three guys who if combined would make one hell of a woodworker mark shannon and mad i'll be honest i think if they combined us we'd be a very confused woodworker (laughs) yeah i don't know that we'd ever get anything done
0: no definitely
2: not i would it would be very confusing. All right. Well, welcome to show number 476 for July 2nd, 2020. On today's show, we are doing a Q&A show, cleaning out that inbox. The thing is, most of the time, the way we do a show, uh, we don't have as many questions getting into the show. So I think once in a while, we'll just do this uh, little bonus Q&A thing, rip through as many questions as we can in a short period of time, and try to help you guys out by answering your questions. So, let's get started. Uh, Shannon, you got the... Oh, actually, Matt, why don't you do the Patreon message, and then we'll get into it.
1: All right! If you want to help support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash woodtalk and signing up to become a patron of the show. When you sign up, I will butcher your name. Yeah! That's what you get. That's what you get. (laughs) That's all you get. (laughs) That's what you
2: you get. get. That's what you get. That's what you
1: deserve. You get the the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting something you love, and you also get to hear your name read completely inaccurately by some guy who has no idea what he's doing.
0: And you can save that (laughs) as your ringtone. Think of how cool that will be. Every time your phone
1: rings, it'll be Matt
2: butchering your name.
1: Oh, I hope someone does that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. All right, Shannon, why don't you start it off, dude? Okay, this is from John.
0: He says, I recently made a new workbench with three quarter inch holes and I bought a set of Gramercy holdfasts, and they are amazing. Amazing. I put some leather pads on the clamp surface. Very nice. But his, his watch, <laughs> apparently, apparently Joe just became like the swarthy Frenchman very nice. or something. He's so very um, nice.
2: Borat, maybe?
0: <laughs> there we go, yeah. So very nice. His question is, <laughs> is one pair of hold fast enough or should I buy another set? Yes, I know you're going to ask what I'm making, but it ranges a lot from from power tools, handwork to big CNC projects. So a lot of different stuff. So I grabbed this because um, I had a single set of holdfasts, single pair of holdfasts for probably eight years, and then um, I bought another pair mainly because I kept hearing about these Gramercy holdfasts, and I figured, well, let's give them a shot. Bought another pair, and now I have. Five pairs of hold fasts.
1: Five, five, five pairs? pairs?
0: Um, what do you do with 10 hold fasts? So, yeah. Well, I do have he, he two says benches five now. five pairs,
1: so it sounds like fewer. Yeah, right. 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 <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> the thing is, that's that's a bit much. There's no doubt. Um, some of them are because I was testing, you know, testing the product. How does it work? Because some people have real trouble getting the hold in certain thicknesses. And I seem to have just dodged that whole Fairy that comes in and sabotages hold fast because mine all seem to work well. But I will say that having a second pair was a really big deal for me. Um, I was suddenly using them a lot more because I wasn't like running out. You know, I had my two hold fasts and that was two points of contact. But having a third one, not even like a, a fourth, having a second pair, having a third one really kind of opened up and allowed me to do a lot more things. I, I used them a lot more often. Having a second pair just kind of Became a huge deal. If for no other reason, then I keep the second pair on holes in the legs on the other side of the bench. So when you're really lazy and you don't want to cross all the way around to the other side of the bench to grab the hole fast, you've got two on the back side as well. <laughs> <Huh>. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, two points of contact are nice for holding like one board in place. But sometimes you need to hold a stop in place and then hold another board in place. And yeah, that that third hold fast especially becomes really really uh, a nice attribute. So I say mm-hmm. get another pair and then build another bench and then get two more pair.
2: Why not? Why not? It's not your money. Yeah. Just go for it. All right. That's cool. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the not your money part of things. I'm saying you're giving advice to spend money. Oh, no, I got it. Not, it not you your saying. money. I wasn't talking to John. Yeah. It's John's money, not Shannon's money. If I have to explain it, it's just not funny anymore. It wasn't even funny to begin with. It's very true.
1: It's it's harder for us to record at night. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah, mornings are better. Yeah. yeah, Fully (laughs) awake. I'm like extra goofy. Shannon's about to fall asleep. Mark's like uh, he's too far behind in time zones to care. Yeah, whatever. I got (laughs)
2: naked kids running through the house. Staying Uh, up late. Business as usual. Yeah, what I'm Sure, what's going
1: on here too, except I'm in the basement. I can't, yeah. uh, can't see that. Anyway, next one here is from, uh, what we got here? From Jeff. This guy's, I need your help. Oh boy. How do you go about cutting up a large, irregular piece of wood, i.e., a burl? I purchased mm. several burls from a friend with a sawmill that are probably 15 or more years old now. Mm. Using my band saw was not easy. Even with a jig, I managed to destroy a couple of good blades. I would like to slice them into one inch thick slabs. Any suggestions are much appreciated. So here, this is my like for real suggestion that's just semi sarcastic. Take them back to your front of the sawmill. I mean, like th- stuff like this is like the classic take the, what is it, the wood to the tool, tool to the wood thing. Yeah. When, when things get big and awkward and hard to hold, it's just like it's just so much easier to just, you know, take the tools to the wood. That's what you would have with the sawmill. The, the burrow would just be clamped there and the saw would run through it and you won't have to worry about maneuvering this thing through a saw, which, uh, you know, presuming you got it kind of jigged up be all right, but if it's not jigged up just right, could probably not end so well for you too. So there's a little bit of a safety concern there. But if you're really trying to get this thing cut up on your bandsaw at home, Jeff actually sent some pictures of the things he's trying to cut, and they're very regular and they're about two feet across. So that's a very, uh, very large, awkward piece of wood to be pushing through a bandsaw. And this is a burl, so you have grain direction, which is like literally all over the place. And it's probably pretty much all the way dry at this point. So you're cutting like some pretty hard wood, which is gonna be very challenging for your saw regardless. So if you're having problems getting through your saw right now with whatever blades you're using, probably not using the right blades. You probably want something even coarser than you're using with uh, fewer teeth, bigger gullets. And uh, maybe you need a saw with more power to get through that cut because that was not a small thing you were uh, trying to cut. So.
2: Could there be a reason exactly. why, like, it seems the obvious choice is if you need something large in your regular sawn and he has a quote unquote friend with a sawmill. Is there any reason why he would not have his friend do this? Not just to not hassle that,
1: him? Yeah. <laughs> he got some I mean, free burls. For, so. <laughs> for a sawmill to cut this, I mean, it's. it's the, the, so here's the interesting thing about the sawmill cutting this is this thing is like it's like the, it's in that weird gray space where it's a little too small. For most sawmills out of the box. So, what he would have to do with his friend's sawmill, presumably his friend isn't really like set up for cutting something that's down to 24 inches like my saw is, Mm -hmm. is you have to take like a piece of plywood or anything that's like at least four feet long because that's how wide the bunks are on most sawmills. Screw your uh, burl or whatever down to that, and then the sawyer can then clamp that piece of plywood in his saw and then cut it. So you have so, to have, like, an auxiliary base for it. Got to rig it up.
0: That's what out. I was thinking as far as, like, an in-shop solution. Now, if it's two feet wide, that's a totally different situation. But, like, you see a lot of burls that are, you know, 12 inches or whatever. And I was trying to think of a way that you could, like, put a sacrificial straight edge on it. And I can't really think of a way without screwing into the burl. You know, I mean, it's... it's
1: yeah, that's usually... How it's done. At least that's how I've done it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got right. to sacrifice a little bit with a screw here and there. I mean, you could put the screws in the outside, I guess, but just make mm-hmm. sure you don't saw into those screws because I would do that.
1: <laughs> I would yeah. definitely do yeah, that. That'd be, that. Maybe that's how we destroyed a few of his good blades. Yeah, right. <laughs> it could be. It's got to be frustrating, though,
2: when you've got this amazing, gorgeous burl and you, you want to like get as much yield out of it as possible yeah. and you're snapping blades and things just aren't going your way. That's got to be super frustrating. Yeah. Well, good luck with that, Jeff. I hope he, uh, hope his friend is a good friend and can help him out with this.
1: Well, his friend, I presume the gave him the burls. No, he purchased them. He didn't did say purchase. Yeah. Right, right, bring him some money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> bring him some beer. All right. Uh, next one we have here is from Eric Richter. He says, I have a few unusual tips that I'd like for you guys to shoot down or validate. So it's not quite a question, but I thought it would get some interesting things here. He says, number one, shooting pin nails into dominoes to minimize clamping, kind of like drawboard tenons. It's virtually invisible, but is it worth doing? All right, Eric, stop. Don't ever do that. (laughs) Don't ever do that. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I guess you could do it. You can do it. But prepare for me to make fun of you for doing it. (laughs) I guess I'm trying to think of use cases why you would want to do this. I mean, presumably.
1: You don't have to clamp it.
2: But, but aren't you, yeah, but you're going to have to, you're, you got two sides to this joint. At some point, you're going to have to bring them both together with a clamp and then, pin, you know, drop the pin in there. Yeah, like the you can clamp just-
1: off and move on. No, don't do that. No, <laughs> I just, <didn't laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to help you with the situation here. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
2: I guess fine, but I don't think you should do that. I think, you know.
1: I mean, I don't know what are you make making. Maybe we just making like a shop cabinet or something face frame. I don't know. Sure. In that case. Yeah, I don't how, know. I'm going to well be does a
0: pin nail hold. I mean, it's not like draw boring. <laughs> it's not a quarter inch uh, or three inch peg it's, that is going like through like an offside hole.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a little like a bit of wire. Tank or pin tenon I think it's a the more yeah, accurate it, comparison it's not like a drawboard at all
0: I mean he's saying it's invisible so he's using what an 18 gauge 22 gauge oh, pin 20, nailer I mean yeah you can bend those by looking at them you know crooked yeah
2: so. so I mean if there's any inclination for that joint not to stay you know really super tight I don't think those are going to stop it from happening
1: I mean Norm Brad nailed everything together so this is like the next iteration of that Right? look
2: just use finished nails those will be fine if you're going to do this do it right <laughs> That's that's all I can say. All right. So number two, he says Dollar Tree sells gel thickness CA glue with three tubes for a dollar. Anything wrong with the cheap CA glue? I don't think so. Honestly, I think there's a lot of brands of CA glue, and some of them act like there's something special. Yeah, know, maybe they are,
1: they, but most of the time, do, you know, the act, cheap do all activators work the same with all CA glues? If you're cheap sure. activator,
2: I'm pretty sure they will all kick it off the same way. Um, I think it was Ben uh, over at Fine Woodworking. Ben, uh, what's his last name? Strano? Strano. Uh, He actually made a point recently that he's like, I'm sick of buying giant containers of CA glue that wind up hardening Hmm. before (laughs) I can actually use it all. Well, that was what I was going to say
0: about the dollar store stuff. Make sure it's not already hardened.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's been on a shelf for 10 years.
2: Right. But the advantage (laughs) of having three small tubes is you can keep two completely sealed before you... Uh, actually, need to access that material, so it it may be more efficient to uh, to buy those smaller tubes. And quality-wise, I mean, there might be some kind of difference, you know, in in the higher quality theory. I, I would just say that with air quotes. The higher quality stuff or more expensive stuff. Um, but realistically, I don't think it's going to be that big of a it deal. It also
1: depends like what you're doing with it, because like if you're just using like the glue, like the CA glue and um, like wood glue trick, yeah, like salt. That- Sawdust. Oh, I see what you're saying. Who cares how
2: strong it is? Yeah, two different types of glue in the same
1: glue. Or if you're just like, I'm using the CA glue and masking tape trick. Like, uh, there's a lot of surface area to cover in CA glue. There, like I'm sure, like most of us put way too much CA glue down anyway. Yeah, when we do that. Yeah, I just can't imagine the the
2: cheap stuff being like that. You're
1: not doing like a CA glue pen finish with it because the gel. It's not thin, right? So it's not,
2: like a, it's not like you're wearing a hard hat and you glue yourself to an I-beam <laughs> and hang from it, right? <laughs> How many people do you think will get that from? Right? That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy talk, big right? K. <laughs> okay, so number three, he says Dollar Tree also sells a roll of double-sided tape like wall-mounting tape for a dollar. Uh, that's at least a 10th of the price of carpet tape. It's also already cut into the perfect size strips, about a half inch by three quarters of an inch thoughts on something like that. Okay. So for that one, that could be fine. You won't know until you buy it uh, yeah. just because it's double sided tape doesn't mean it's going to work, you know, for a woodworking application,
1: Is that for yeah. like hanging up art and stuff or like, it's like, isn't it's that like a stuff? Foam core? Yeah. That's what I was
2: going to say. Isn't it like cushy it's designed to
0: cause that well, I don't think part, I would want to use.
2: Yeah. So I think if there's a foam element to it, I'd stay away from that altogether. If it's if it's thin and just, uh, you know, a very thin material that doesn't separate your parts, it's worth trying. It's only a buck. Give it a shot. But if you can very easily take those pieces apart, then you probably don't want to use that for woodworking. (laughs) So anyway, that's cool. (laughs) It would be interesting to see what kind of cool little finds you could find at
1: a dollar store like that. I am like my next project using dominoes gonna get my pin nailer out oh man you're gonna glue your head to the ceiling too i'm gonna drive you nuts i got an beam in my shop you know that right so (laughs) i got got a hard hat
2: (laughs) you gotta kick your little legs be great i want to see it Uh, (laughs) that's crazy oh that that takes me
0: back that was a good commercial (laughs) all right (laughs) So this one's from Bill, um, and I don't know that I have an answer to this, but I wanted to throw it out there. Um, now that SketchUp is going subscription only for $299 a year, oh. will you, the three of us, be charging? Are changing the way you distribute plans for your projects? So my immediate answer is, I knew this, I saw this the other day, and I immediately panicked because, like, I've just got started to get good at SketchUp, <laughs> And I, you know, I've, I've heard of other alternatives, but I've blindly stuck my fingers in my ear and hummed to myself because it's like, I'm, I'm just gotten comfortable with SketchUp now and it's something that I can use. But as far as plans, I actually don't know that that many people, I like make my models available, but like in the hand tool school, I put together um, something I call a process document, which is more of like a magazine style format. It's a PDF and it's got yeah. lots of images and descriptions. I mean, it looks very much like a magazine and that's mostly what people are using. Those are my quote plans. Um, I don't know that that many people, in fact, I get more questions about what am I supposed to do? What program do I use to open a dot SKP file? Um, yeah. To me, like SketchUp is starting to, Go away! It's probably because now you have to have an annual subscription. Does anybody know? Does the free SketchUp make the
2: online version? Is that still going to be there? I was actually going to ask the same question. I can't imagine they're going to get rid of that. I mean, right. I'm looking. Is this is this pricing plan implemented yet?
0: No, no, I don't think so. No. But it's. I think it's November, maybe. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm it's looking right now.
2: Year. Pro is two ninety nine a year on the website right now. Oh, okay. Oh. But there's SketchUp Shop, which is 119 a year, but that's web only, and it says model personal projects. And then Discover 3D Modeling is their free level, which is web only. So right. I don't, I don't know the actual details. Like what, what does that free version entail? Does it mean you can actually take an SKP file and simply browse it? Well, and if that's the case, because they also have, don't they have a, a tablet app that's just a viewer? Yeah, so it's it, just
0: a viewer. And if, if that's really what all i'm asking people to do is open it and you know spin it around and you can get a feel for how it goes together then that's free like yeah you know and and i've used the online version before and it is pretty stripped down like you really can't do anything with curves i mean it's (laughs) and and like all of the the keyboard shortcuts i'm used to don't work which is really (laughs) infuriating so um But as a way to just kind of orbit around and look at a model and, you know, if you've got components in it, you can pull out components and use the tape measure and kind of reverse engineer it. That should all still work. And to me, if they know what's good for them, they'll keep that out there because it's a way to introduce people to the program. So if that is the case, then yes, I will probably continue to use SketchUp to build my models because someone can always view it for free. Um, the minute that you can't do something for free, then yes, I'm going to have to change something because people will have my head otherwise.
2: Is, but is the sketchup that important? Like I use sketchup right. as a tool to, to make really it's the PDF, right? Yeah. The sketchup yeah. allows me to have something to manipulate that I could then put into a PDF plan and bring their attention to certain parts of the project. I like in the guild, we provide the sketchup as a courtesy. But I think we would still be able to provide the same level of service if we weren't able to provide that or if people can't view it for free right. and switching to something else. I don't know that that would be that helpful. It's, it's really all about the videos and the PDF. Well, and I just look I at s- the
0: download numbers. The number of people downloading the PDF versus the number of SketchUp models downloaded is like a yeah. night and day difference. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I rely on it pretty heavily to build now, like as a and not as a woodworker, but as a video producer. I yeah. find that it's really helpful to help me outline the video by yeah. building the model because it's like sure. it's the video game version of woodworking. As I've always said, you you build the model <laughs> right there and I can go, OK, well, this is going to be a problem. I'm going to need to film this section, this section. And so now like it, it panics me a little bit to think that it's going to go away because I don't want to, I already have my Adobe creative cloud subscription and you know, my (laughs) Netflix subscription and I don't, I don't want another subscription and it panics me because I have come to rely upon that as like a proportional design modeling tool in which case I suppose I should just pony up and get the subscription.
2: But yeah, um, it might be an opportunity to learn something else. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. I think for a few people who actually use these, it's, it's going to be disappointing. You know, if they can't for free take this file and manipulate it and do all the changes they want to make to it. Right. Um, but I don't I do not think the SketchUp file is necessary. Just think about every plan that's ever been distributed, you know, pre 2006. And they will never come with a digital, you know, model that you yeah. could play around with. That's well, not the way things every work. Plan, every project in a magazine. Absolutely. You know,
0: it's an exploded drawing and a parts list, you know, cut list yeah.
2: and and that's it. Yeah. Interesting. I would like, I'm looking for like a, a blog post or something that it explains these new prices. I don't see anything. Where, where, when did this come up? I got an email about it. Um, okay. I'll
0: have to dig that up. Um And I'm trying to even think how I got on their email list to tell you the truth, but Yeah. Yeah, I'm Googling
2: that. like new sketchup pricing. I'm not seeing anything on new pricing.
0: Maybe there was such an uproar
2: that they <laughs> backpedal, backpedal, change, change their mind. I doubt it. You know what? Cause like there's gotta be enough uproar about, uh, the current web version and how hard that is to actually get anything done with yeah. that. Uh, I think they're, they're committed to this, uh, whole big subscription model thing. Okay. That's pretty cool. Good question though.
1: Um, oh not me that's you matt me okay all right this is from will says when i lived in pennsylvania my father-in-law had a really nice shop with all the bells and whistles anytime i wanted to do woodworking his shop was at my disposal as i am starting to get more and more into woodworking i find myself i wow i find i am getting tired of hand planting and jointing everything sorry shannon but shannon's (laughs) hand and jointing everything he's got a planer I'm in the market to purchase either a jointer or a planer. Oh, foreshadowing! I have a hard time deciding whether I want to stop face planing or whether I want to, whether I want square boards. I know both a jointer and planer have their benefits, but if you could have one as a first big tool purchase, which would it be? Note that most of my wood I get is rough sod. Uh I'm gonna say planer because uh, that seems like edge jointing a board is a lot less work than face planing. Mm-hmm. Like that's a serious amount of time saving and you can edge joint with like I don't know what other tools you have but even like a router with a straight edge will get you most of the way there and assuming you're fairly proficient already with hand planes if that router edge isn't totally perfect you can just uh, get you closer with the whatever plane you have to kind of dial it in but Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely uh, I'm going to go planer on that one. Planer all the way
2: for sure right, next one here actually our last one today Is from Ray, Ray Gilmore. He says, I was perusing the Wood Whisperer Guild group page the other day and found an interesting question. Ryan Lund was needing to build an archway for his wife from Cedar. Is Cedar capable of being bent to a point of at least making a 90-degree arc so that you can connect two together to make a 180-degree arc? I've never really paid attention uh, to how manufacturers do this type of thing. Could you make a panel and just arrange the arcs and cut the arcs in the least wasteful way? How is this done? All right, so I can't answer how this is done necessarily. I think it probably is done several different ways um and I'm just going to cover a few and guys, if you th- can think of another way that i didn't uh list here, let me know so of course, if you need to to make that bend, you could steam bend cedar would steam bend uh just fine. how severe of a bend well go go watch my video on my adventures in steam bending it's uh it's quite it's quite an experience let's just put it that way. <laughs> Uh, learning what the wood will tolerate, how to pre-treat the wood. If you do it all using air dried versus kiln dried. there's a lot to it. Um, but I've seen some insane bends that people do when they know what they're doing. So I, I would think it perfectly possible for them to, to make that bend 180 degrees in two, uh, two portions. I don't think that should be a problem at all. Uh, bent lamination is, of course, another option. You, you saw the wood into submission and then it will take just about any shape you could possibly want. Um, so bent lamination, you need a bandsaw, ideally, if you have a, a planer or better yet, a drum sander to get those little laminations nice and cleaned up and you put them all together with glue between each layer, bend it to your shape and you're done. Uh, you mentioned cutting from a solid panel. That's my least favorite. I mean, most of the, 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 the problem I have with that is grain direction. So if you have a a panel where the grain all one runs one way and you've got an arc that's making a 180 degree turn, you're going to have some weak portions of that trim material where the grain is just going like directly across perpendicular to the uh, the material itself. It's going to be very weak. It also probably won't look very good. Always looks better. Like when the grain actually can follow the shape you're making, Uh, tends to look better and it's stronger. So. As a alternative to that, an easy way, I think an easy, not, not not the easiest, but it's easier than some of the other methods, is to do a segmented, uh, I was going to say a segmented ring. It's not a full ring, but you basically break up the shape into segments, as many as is required for you to to connect a bunch of straight boards with miter cuts on the ends, right? So you kind of build the shape, and then once you have this rough thing together, then you take a template or whatever it is, plop that on top, and make your arch cut out of it. So, you know, most of the time, I think if you look at like millwork or something, you're probably going to see the segmented version done a lot of the time. Yeah. And what's nice about that is it kind of like, it's not perfect grain uh, continuity as it goes around, but it's definitely better than the panel method. At least you'll find that these, each one of these little segments is kind of tangential to the arc. So it's pretty darn close to following it. And for, you know, we always talk about this. What's the average person see when they look at it? It looks correct to them. Uh, if, you, if you do the piece cut out of a big panel, I think even the average person would look at that and go, oh, that looks a little funny. Something's weird about that. So those are the four ways I can think of to do something like that. Am I missing any that you guys can think of?
0: No. I mean, working for a company that has a millwork house that does a lot of pergolas and arbors and things like that out of Western Red Cedar, it's all, well, first of all, it's all done on the CNC, but what's done are the, the individual parts are cut, we use a lot of bridle joinery to instead of miters to pull them together. Um, okay. And the big difference with them being cut on the CNC is the CNC is actually smart enough to cut the arc at the same time. So you're gluing it together into an arc rather than gluing together and then sawing the arc after the fact. Oh, okay. Um, sure. But, I mean, CNC's, you can be smart enough to do that, too. I prefer what you're talking about, Mark, because it's just easier <laughs> yeah. to, to just kind of round it over after the fact. But miter joints work, bridle joints work. I've seen even more complicated stuff, again, when the CNC's doing all the work. But, yeah, go to a commercial millwork house, and it's all segmented together. Because, again, the whole is a lot stronger, Talk to the Romans about the barrel vault and the archway and how incredibly strong an arch is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have yeah. butt joints and no glue. And if they're assembled together and the weight is down on the top, you, it holds together till an earthquake yeah. comes along or a four-year-old. <laughs>
2: right. There you go. Or a bulldog. <laughs> I got one of those. <laughs> I got one of those too. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for our email show. A little bit of a short one here, but uh, we'd like to get some of these questions out of the inbox when possible. Um, Shannon, why don't you give him the contact info and we'll get out of here. Sounds good, Mark. I'll do that. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to take you back to Wood
0: Talk 1. <laughs> Okay, Mark. (laughs) Uh, So if you have questions, (laughs) we actually do answer them every now and then. We do this Q&A show every now and then. So send them in and in three or four months, we'll get to your question. It'll be great. Go to woodtalkshow.com. You can fill out the form to submit your questions there or you can record a voice memo and email it to woodtalkshow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram or Wood Talk Show, all those places. You can also find us individually at Matt Cremona, Wood Whisperer, and Renaissance Woodworker. And you know, it's a QA show, so there's no defining call to action for your social uh social homework. So, what I want to know is what have you bought at the dollar store for your (laughs) woodworking? (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Send us a picture of your dollar store finds because uh oh, I just forgot his name now. Who was it? Eric brought up some really good points. Now I want I want more dollar store treasures. So send us those and hashtag it, WoodTalk476.
2: Cool. Can't wait to see it. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to you.